For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the gospel of john john chapter 17 is where we'll be today and we'll start in verse number 11 if you'd like to get a copy of my new book fearless christian go to crossboundministry.com this book will help you put fear in its proper place it does not mean you will have no fear but it will help you see fear through a biblical view and help you to put it in its proper place that you, so that you can live a fearless Christian life. Amen? So in the Gospel of John, as we're going through it verse by verse, for our new listeners, we're starting in John chapter 17, verse number 11. The Bible says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Remember that part. They may be one as we are. Notice he calls them Holy Father. Amen. Nobody deserves that title. Nobody except for God Almighty, because there is none holy except for God Almighty. And he calls him Holy Father. And I realize there are certain religions out there that call their priest a father. Listen to me. There's not but one father, and that's God himself. Amen. When Jesus died on that cross, that veil was rent from top to bottom. The veil that only the high priest could go behind to meet with God. But listen to me. What that signified was you don't need anyone to go to God except the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the right because of what Jesus did on that cross to go to the throne of God yourself. Amen. You don't need to go through another man. No, sir. No, ma'am. What you need to do is get on your knees and speak to Jesus. He is our intercessor between us and God. Amen. Jesus' prayer that all may be one. What is he referring to there? That all may be one as we are? Well, he's referring to unity. As Christian character, as all should be one. As the body, as the body, like the Bible says, the body of Christ. Some are hands, some are feet, some are eyes. Some may be the muscle, some may be the back, some may be the brain. But the Bible says we all should be one. Wouldn't it be a boring world if everyone was like you? Wouldn't it be a messed up world if everyone was just like you or just like me? But thank God we're all different. God made us distinctly different. And so that we can come together as the body. Every body part that you have is different from one or the other. And every part has a different 
function. So it is in the body of Christ. Listen to me. Many get caught up and look at other people and say, well, they're not like me. They don't dress like me. They don't have friends, the same friends that I do. They don't hang out where I go. They don't look like me. God didn't call them to look like you or act like you or be like you. He called them to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them grace as they in turn should give you grace to know that we are as one. As the Bible says, as Jesus says, that they may be one as we are. Who is one? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is our perfect example of how we could be one, just like the Father. They all think alike. They all act alike. They all have the same character. They all have the same goals. They're all going the same way. And so should it be in the body of Christ. Amen. So the next time you're tempted to look at somebody and say, they don't act like me. They don't look like me. They don't walk like me. They don't talk like me. They don't have the same friends I do. They look different. They act funny. Listen, God didn't call them to be like you or like your friends. God called them to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Give them grace and know that they are a part of the body of Christ just as much as you are. And they have an important part to play. Amen. Like Jesus said, that they may be one as we are, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As the Father and Son are one in moral and character likeness, so us believers should be united in that same respect that we may represent the Lord Jesus Christ to the world. Because listen, there are many churches in this country, across this world, and if somebody really wants the truth, they know they know where it's at. They know where to go. They, they know when they go to church and they should expect people to act a certain way and be a certain way. And they are not wrong for expecting that. They are not wrong for expecting that. Because we should be different. Even the world knows that we should be different. Amen? And so let's come together as one, represent the Lord Jesus Christ and his house and his body so that we, we may be one as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are, that we may reflect the character of God himself. Amen. Now, you'll never be perfect like God, but you can do your best to have the character of God, to imitate Christ. Amen. That we can be that one. Let's look at the next verse. John chapter 17, verse number 12. The Bible says, while I was with them, in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. The, the title here, son of perdition, no one would want that title. No one would want the son of perdition title. That's Judas. Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus, it was better if he was never, never born. Consigned, because listen, he, he is deemed for eternal ruin and damnation. Judas was not compelled to betray Christ in order to fulfill the prophecy, but he chose, he had a personal choice, and he chose, God did not pre-elect him and, and design him to betray him. No, Judas chose that out of his own free will to betray the Savior, but in doing so, in doing so, Scripture was fulfilled. See, God in his infinite foreknowledge knew what was going to happen. He knew what Judas was going to do long before he was born. 
just as he knows what me and you are going to do. Long before it comes up, long before we're born, God and his infinite knowledge. And many get confused about that predestination. No, God's predestined us all to serve God, to be in the image of God. God wants all to be saved. Second Peter 3.9 tells you that, that all may come to repentance. What does all mean? It means all. Red, yellow, black, and white, poor, rich, tall, short, skinny, fat. It means all. There's no confusion there. When he says all, he means all. He wants all to be saved. There's not some that he says, hey, these are going to be saved and they're going to go to heaven. And this group over here is going to die and go to hell. No, sir, no, ma'am. He gives each and every person free choice. He wants you to choose Christ. He wants you to choose his son. Verse number 13, John chapter 17, verse number 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. These are prayers. These are intercessions, if you will, which Christ is making in heaven before God, as he is doing today for me and for you. You know, when you don't even know what to pray and you get on your knees and you don't have no words, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will make intercession for you. And that's the same thing he's talking about here. He's talking to God on your behalf. He's making intercession for you. He's standing up for you. He wants the best for you. Amen. He wants to point you down that right path. He says, now I make them in the world and you hearing so you may more distinctly understand how I am there to be employed in promoting your welfare so that you may be made large and measured partakers of my joy. He wants joy. He wants his joy in you. Listen to what he says, that they, that's me and you, might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Let me just tell you, real joy doesn't come from anything on this world. Real joy doesn't come from having a great husband or a great, great wife. Real joy doesn't come from having freedom or a nice house or a good job or a nice car. No, you listen to me. Real true joy comes from God himself. Listen to what he says, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You see, happiness, happiness is temporal. Happiness depends on circumstances. My, I got a good job today. I feel good today. I'm not sick. I got a nice car. My car didn't blow up. Nobody's been mean to me. See, those are all circumstances and I'm happy today. But true joy, it doesn't matter what happens. Your car blows up. Your spouse leaves you. You've lost your job, your house burns down, but you know that you have joy, the joy of God in your heart that no matter what, no matter what happens, even if your heart stops breathing or somebody murders you, you know that you're going to enter into the joy of the Lord. Listen, that is true joy, and that joy only comes from God himself. Listen again, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Who doesn't want true joy like that? Lord knows that I do. And I know that you do. If you're honest with yourself, you want to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And how are you going to do that? Listen, this is how you're going to do it. This is the biblical prescription for true joy. Read God's word and obey it. You say, preacher, it's got to be more complicated than that. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, sir. No, ma'am. Listen to me. This, here's God's prescription for true joy. Read his word. Read the Bible and obey it. 
It's that simple. We as human beings complicate things. And well, I got to do this and I got to go there and I got to say that. No, sir. No, ma'am. All you have to do is do what God has told you to do. And listen, many times God will get you to do things and want you to do things that are uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to them. I don't like them. They don't like me. Why do I got to talk to them? Why do I got to be nice to them? Because the Holy Spirit has prompted you inside to go over and give them an encouraging word. That's why. That's obeying the Lord. Many times God's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Many times you read the Bible as the apostle Paul suffered many great things. He was out of his comfort zone the whole time. And oh, how good we have it in America. We don't have nobody shooting us or beating us or running us down or setting us on fire for serving God. No, sir, no, ma'am. We have freedom to do that. Let's get off our rear ends and serve God. Amen. John chapter 17, verse number 14. Next verse. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Don't you love that? What he says, I have given them thy word. In other words, I have given them your word, God. They have your word, not nobody else's, not somebody's opinion, not what they thought, not what a committee said, but no, I have given them God's holy word. And that is something that I want, that I desire. I don't want another man's opinion. I don't want thoughts. No, I want to know what God himself says. And thank God I have a Bible I can open up and read exactly what God thinks, exactly what God has to say about it. I have his word. And this is what Jesus said. I have given them thy word. And he goes on to say, and the world hath hated them. The world hath hated them. See, when you obey God's word and you walk and talk like Jesus, you can expect the world to hate you. As a result, as here, the disciples, as the world turned on them and they hated them. You know why? They had the character of the Lord Jesus. And so the world despised them. Let me just tell you, when you represent the character and you have the character of Jesus, the world is going to hate you. You do not have to do one single solitary thing to them. And you wonder, why do they hate me? I haven't done anything to them. But when they look at you, they got needles coming out of their eyes. There's so much hatred. You don't have to do anything to them. It's not you that they hate. They hate God Almighty. They have a problem with the Lord. And you are simply here as a representative of him. See, they, the real problem lies with God. The real problem lies with pride. Why am I not good enough? I'm a good person. They have not and will not come to the realization that, hey, I'm a sorry, no good sinner, and I can't make it on my own. I can't do it, you see. Their real problem is with God. But you keep right on representing them because the Bible says, listen, when men persecute you, hate you, lie on you, say bad things about you, great is your reward in heaven, the Bible says. Listen, because God is happy with you and he is the only one that you'll give an answer to. God is the only one that you'll give an account to. Oh, it may hurt your feelings to have people say this or say that or make up a lie. But listen to me, at the end of the day, they, they, you're not going to answer to them. You're not living for them, you're living for him, and he's the one you'll give an account to. Amen? You see, the disciples here, they did not fit in with the world's schemes of things. And listen to me, if you're a Christian and you're working in the world, you do not fit in with the scheme of things. How, how many will lie and cheat and steal and step on each other? Oh man, to get to the top, I got to get my way, I got to get there. 
But listen, there's something I've learned in the book of Daniel, something about a great man. Listen to me. A great man, a truly great man, according to scripture, according to biblical principles, a great man will not step on others to get where he wants to be, to raise himself up. That is somebody trying to make themselves great. They will step on others, stomp on each other, lie about each other, just all kind of evil things because they are trying to raise themselves up and they will stomp on other people to get there, step on other people to get there. But just like when Daniel, when Daniel was lifted up, what did he do? He lifted his friends up with him. So that tells me that a man that is truly great will not step on others to get there, but what he will do is lift others up with him. That's what a truly make great man will do. So a man who is trying to make himself great will stomp on others to get there, but a truly great man will lift others up with him. Amen. And that is a great biblical principle to remember. And so we do not fit in with the scheme of the world's things with lying, cheating, stealing. What do you have to do for them not to like you for it? Nothing, nothing. You just don't do what they're doing and they automatically won't like you. Why? Because you don't fit in with them. You're not like them. You're serving God. You're not serving yourself because all of them are truly serving themselves, looking to please themselves. But they'll never be happy. They'll never be content. They'll never have true joy. That only comes from God. Look with me now, verse number 15. John chapter 17, verse number 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. The Lord did not pray that the Father should take believers home immediately. We don't get saved and immediately go to be with the Lord right then. No, sir, no, ma'am. He's left you here because he has work for you to do. He wants you to live a fearless Christian life so that others, so that others can see that you can be that example to them and for others to come to, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. They must be left here in order to grow in grace. We, that's why we're left here, to grow in grace and be a witness, be a witness for Christ, to be a bold witness. Oh, there's so many in-the-closet Christians that are so scared to even hand out a track. Listen, you've got to get over that. Listen, you've got to get out there. Listen, you are saved because somebody else cared enough. Somebody else enough swallowed their pride to give you a track, to get up and preach, to witness to you. You in turn need to do the same, not for them, but for God. That's who you're working for. If you're doing it for other people, oh, you'll soon be disappointed. Oh, you'll be let down. Oh, you'll give up. Why? Because they're going to let you down. They're people. I'll let you down. But listen, God Almighty will never let you down. And that's who you are truly working for. And you have got to remember that. Listen, God is pleased when you hand out a track, when you tell somebody your testimony. Listen, when you live a good godly Christian life, because listen, there's no lifestyle evangelism. There's none of that. The Bible doesn't even say that. You've got to live a good, good Christian life, but you've also got to tell it. You've got to preach it. You've got to say it with words. People need to hear it. Then they'll look at your life and see if it lines up with what you're saying. Amen. So Christ's prayers here was that they might be kept from evil. Listen, not to escape it, but prevention. He's praying for prevention here. That does not mean that some evil's not going to come in your life. People have still have free will, and they may harm you. They may hurt you. But that's where that famous verse comes in, where God can take bad things. He can take evil things and use them for his good. Oh, you may get some good out of it. But ultimately, it is not for you, it is for him. 
Just like Joseph said at the end, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God can take something that's so evil, so wicked, so foul, and he can use it for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Look with me now in the next verse, John chapter 17, verse number 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Christian are not of the world. If, if you're born again saved, you are not of this world. Just as Christ was not of the world. And we should remember this when we're tempted to engage in those worldly pastimes, those sins, those things that would not please the Lord. And ask yourself, wherever you're at, would Jesus be welcome here? Would Jesus be watching this? Would Jesus be, would Jesus be listening to this with me? Would Jesus sit down beside you and watch that television program? Would he be pleased with you? Would you watch that if Jesus was sitting on your couch? Would you watch that same program? Would you hang out with those same people? I'm not saying you shouldn't go be a friend of a sinner. You should, but there's a big difference between going to them and witnessing and hanging out with them. Amen. Make sure that you are witnessing to them. You can be a friend to them, but careful. Be careful not to cross that line. And so whatever you're doing, ask yourself, would Christ be welcome in this position? Would Christ be here with me? Would the Lord Jesus Christ sit on my couch and watch this program with me? That is a great question to ask yourself. If you think, if you think, well, should I be doing this or is this wrong? Look with me in the next verse, John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify means to set apart. Set apart for the master's use. You, in other words, you are taken out of one spot and put in another to be used of the Lord. See, you have been taken out of this world. You're, you may be physically be here, but your soul is with God. So God has taken you out of this world and set you aside for his use, not for yours, not for your pleasures, not for your wants, but for his. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You say, well, how, how do I get God to use me? How do I get God to open doors? How do I get, this is how you do it. You get in God's word and you obey it. You remember what I said the prescription to living the Christian life is? To read the Bible and obey it. Here it is. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Set yourself aside for God so that God may use you. Let me just ask you, if you had the best meal ever, and you, I, I got to save this for tomorrow. It's just way too good. Would you get a dirty, foul, nasty, moldy container and put that good food in? No, you wouldn't. You would clean it first. You would wash it. You would bleach it. You would disinfect it. And see, that's what the Bible does to you on the inside. When you read it and you obey it, it washes you. It cleanses you. It disinfects you. Amen. It gets sent out of your life. Listen to what Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Amen. That he might sanctify it and he might cleanse it by the washing. He's going to wash it. He's going to clean it. He's going to get the sin, the foul, the disgusting things out of it. Why? So that it's fit for the master's use. That is how God is going to use you. Get in his word, read it, 
and obey it. The word of God has a sanctifying effect on believers as you read it, as you obey it. You are set apart as a clean vessel for the master's use. It doesn't, listen to me, it doesn't matter where your circumstances, where you're at. If you're in jail or if you're in the White House, listen to me, God can use you. It's all up to you. Sanctify yourself, your inner parts, and God will use you. He will fill you up to be fit a vessel for his use. And that is exactly what the Lord Jesus is praying here. He wants to use you. He's done everything in the world he can. It's all up to us how much God uses us. Amen. He wanted a people who were set apart to God from the word and usable by God. Your word is truth. Listen to me. Jesus did not say the word contains the truth, but it is the truth. Amen. Read God's word and obey it. May you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.